Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive Simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com. That's the way tire buying should be. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up with your Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. I hope you're okay with the things I'm about to say. If not, it's going to be a you problem. It just is. You're going to bring in your own biases, your own feelings. Look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know everything about every basketball situation. I learn things from what from my friends that are in the NBA, in college sports, in high school, in AAU in training. Okay. But this is in fact in my wheelhouse. And basketball is a really, really interesting sport and lifestyle. 
sport and lifestyle. And by that, I mean, um, I, I think that there's a perception in the rest of the world that doesn't uh, understand sports specific that when you use terms about or you actually identify people's races, that somehow there are people like, well, that's racist or there's a certain like, no, it ain't. Basketball, just like football, and Tony Romo said it best, it's a meritocracy. You remember when Tony Romo um, was done playing and he, or he, he came back from being injured and many people, myself included, thought the Cowboys would be smart to insert Tony Romo because he'd give you the best chance to win in the playoffs. And I still believe to this day that that 13-win team where Dak Prescott led them to 13 wins as a rookie starting quarterback would have been better off in the playoffs with a healthy Tony Romo. I, I, I reserve the right to have been wrong. But his experience, his ability to be creative under pressure, his confidence, and when well, I just thought he was better, he used as Bryant better, they were just better with Tony Romo. But what Romo said was football's a meritocracy. I got hurt. Dak Prescott came in. They won a bunch of football games. He gets the job and I don't. That's how it works. So when I say generally basketball and steal from the great Larry Bird, it's black man sport, it's not really arguable. It doesn't mean if you're white, you can't play basketball. It doesn't mean if you're black, you're predetermined to play basketball. And there's a lot of socioeconomic as well as cultural reasons why there's a dominance of it. But it's not a crazy statement. It's just not. But there is one thing about if you can really play, really play, and you're white, it's, it's like it's breaking through on a level of respect that you can't possibly imagine. My dad used to tell me all the time, my late father used to tell me all the time, he said, you know, I, when I'd, I'd go and play in Harlem when I was in college. He was like a college JV player, you know, and after college, like, you, you go and play in, in Harlem, grew up in New York, go play in Harlem, and you'd be the only white guy playing, and if you just play, you just hooped, right, and, and, and were, and just played basketball, and then you were respectful to everybody, like, people will treat you like gold. Because they respected that you didn't care about anything else. You just came here to hoop. And I can tell you, I've experienced that. Not just playing pickup ball, but like playing in college games or playing in high-level high school games. Like, if you're the white dude that can really hoop, everybody's like, man, that white boy's tough. Larry Bird was that guy in the NBA. Okay? And it didn't... And everybody respected him. You know, I don't think Isaiah Thomas liked him. I think there were dudes that questioned him. But Larry Bird, he was that dude, and he had that kind of confident swagger, that little bit of Steph Curry there, right, where, you know, just unreasonable self-confidence, and somehow he found a way. And he didn't win every year because they had the Lakers over there. And then he got hurt, and it was the Pistons. Larry Bird was a dude. And despite the fact that so many of the all-time great basketball players 
Me remember Kareem. You guys ever seen that Kareem going up for a ball at UCLA where his hand is like at the top of the backboard, his head is above the rim? Like many people's image of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is 40-year-old Kareem Abdul-Jabbar running up and down the floor of Magic Johnson. Like Kareem is in any conversation the greatest all-timers, and he was a great athlete who also had great skill and intelligence. But Larry Bird was able to dominate a game. He was big. Larry Bird's like 6'9", 6'10". He was a great passer. He was a great shooter. He knew how to use his body. He had unbelievable footwork. And honestly, like, one of the things, Kobe Bryant, unbelievable footwork. Jordan, unbelievable footwork. But it's the ability to use a body which is big, more than quick, strong, more than explosive, right? Skilled more than anything. And oh yeah, by the way, you'd be very careful if you talk trash to that dude. Was it Billy Hoyle in uh, White Man Can't Jump, right? He'd come out looking like a dork with his hat up and doing all those stretches, right? And then all of a sudden, he's taking your money. Larry Bird, country bumpkin from French Lick. Well, he just come in and whoop your ass. And, you know, Devin Booker tried to run his mouth to him. And I have no problem. Like, trash talk is part of the sport. It's part of sports. Be very careful who you talk to. You better know. And by now, if you don't have the scouting report on Luka, you better know. Did, did, you have to understand what happened in that game. Because what happened in that game was at the start of a game seven, a lot of dudes are tight. Luca had two straight threes and is smiling and rolling going down the court. He had eight before you could blink. And then it got a little bit tighter as 41-25 with four and a half to go. Then go look at the halftime score. I think it was 57 to 27 at the half. Is that right? Okay. By the way, when it was 41, Luca had 14 points. That's what happened. It's, it's not necessarily how many points you score. Sometimes it's when you score them. And what he did, it was like Tom Brady-esque against Green Bay two years ago in Green Bay. Tom Brady was terrible in the second half, nearly lost in the game. But with Tampa on the road in Green Bay, and guys are a little tight, and what he, he gets the ball, first drive of the game, marches down and scores. By the way, they took the kickoff in that game, which they never do. And it was a, hey, fellas, I got this. And it causes everybody else to relax. Luca, same thing. You got a young team. They ain't won anything. Luca's got this. And then when he got a little tight, end of the first half, he goes on like a personal 13 to 2 run. And they and the game was never the game was over. It was over. You got 27 at the half, and it felt like there's some bad stuff going on in that Phoenix locker room. All that kumbaya, all that money's the best, all that we're about we, that you go in the locker room with 27 points down 30, and a guy in the other team has the same amount of points as you have, and there's a helpless feeling to it. 
And people are making a lot of, of Luca's smiling. He's smiling, but it's a smirk. He's talking that talk. He's walking that walk. And the last guy we'd seen, and yeah, like, why do you have to make a comparison because he's white? He is. Tell me, the, tell me the player who's white who's had that sort of impact in the NBA since Larry Bird. I'm, I'm listening. I'm waiting. Okay? And he also happens to be, while he's not as big as Bird, he's still a big old dude. Okay? He knows how to use his body. He's got great footwork. He, like Larry Bird, an unbelievable passer. Uh, I would say Bird probably a better shooter in terms of percentages, but like again, Bird's game would have changed so dramatically, would have shot in such a higher number of volume of threes. I don't know what the percentages would have been. He was a great shooter, but part of his Luca, all of so many of them are step backs, right? And he's had to learn how to create space because he can't do it with speed, so he does it with his body, and then he's got incredible footwork. He bounces the ball while stepping back. It's a different way of sh- shooting a shot. Steph shoots a step back, but differently. That shot, by the way was technically invented by Kiki Vandeweghe. Okay, for the first 30 years of my life, a step-back move was called a Kiki. It was a Kiki step. Okay, and why did Kiki Vandeweghe have to use that to get off his beautiful jump shot? Got one blown by, dudes. But he was big, and he had a high release, and he'd shoot a step-back, and everybody copied it. LeBron's got his own kind of, you know, that weird where dribbles his right hand and steps back, kind of. They've all kind of had their own sort of way of of doing it. And LeBron's had to do it because he's not as explosive as he used to be. But the last guy we had that was big, that was white, that was cocky, that dudes talk trash. Like, remember, I don't know if you guys know this story. Um, Shoot, I got to think of the year. I think it was was mid-80s. Was it 80? The Lakers won it 87, 88. So I think it was 86. Okay. Go back and look. Isaiah, that was the year I believe Isaiah Thomas said he'd just be, you know, if he was white, he'd be any other guy. Right. I mean, excuse me, if, if Larry Bird was black, he'd just be any other guy. All the hypes because he's white. And I'm, I'm butchering the actual quote. But in that series where... Isaiah talked all that trash. I think it's the same series where Larry Bird missed what would have been a game-winning shot. Isaiah Thomas took the ball inbounds, rushed it, and guess who stole the ball? Larry freaking Bird. That was 87? So he ended up, I think, losing in the finals anyway. But Larry Bird. And that's how it seemed to happen. Guys came and talked trash to Larry Bird all the time. And he talked right back, and then he made him pay for it. He was that guy like, you don't want to talk to Larry. That just gets, gives Larry more, more, more motivation to, to, to light you up. Right? He's the guy, remember, he, he played left-handed against Portland so he could save his right hand for the Lakers? That's a real story. That really happened. Would talk trash to an entire bench. Luca, he's not exactly like Bird. He's smaller. Obviously, now there's a positional change. He's basically the point guard. But the use of his body, the use of angles, the ability to hit and get space for shots, an unbelievable passer. Bird's a better rebounder. 
They're both very smart and tough defenders when they want to be. And a little bit athletically challenged. But those aren't two guys you want to trifle with. Um, By the way, here's Jason Terry. Friday he was on the show. We were talking about Jason Terry. That's the Jet, longtime NBA player, NBA champion. We were talking about not talking trash. Don't talk trash to the wrong dude. No, there's two people for me in my career that it was Kobe Bryant and Allen Iverson. It's like you just don't say nothing to those guys. You can't. Like you say anything out of the ordinary, and you're going to be – you're already in for a long night. Why make it even harder than what it's already going to be? And so Luca, watching him throughout his career, his short-lived career, he came in that way. He came in as a guy that was like, okay, I'm cool. I'm going to go about my business. But if you just so happen to move a muscle or bat an eyelash or look at me sideways, oh, yeah, I'm coming at you. And I just love that about him. Um, he's not a big talker, but he does it with his actions. And, and you got to respect a guy like that. Here's uh, Jason Kidd on Luca's performance. He's Luca. He loves the stage. He loves the, the as it, it gets bigger, he, he gets better. And uh, I thought he set the tone um, of getting everyone involved um, and taking shots when they were, uh, presented themselves. But I thought, again, defensively was where we, we set the, the tone. Um, yeah, he's Luca. He, his, the, the expression in basketball is his sneakers squeak different. That's a different cat. And the irony to doing that to the Suns, if it, and he, let me just jog your memory, okay? The Suns, last head coach before Monty Williams, was his head coach in, with the Slovenian national team. They had won the Euro Cup with Luka as their star. And the Suns, because Robert Sarver is an Arizona alum and DeAndre Ayton played at Arizona, instead of drafting Luka Doncic, took DeAndre Ayton, who didn't play a minute in the fourth quarter, probably not on the team for next year, and the team had a complete and total meltdown, while Luka had as many points as the Mavericks did at the half against the same Phoenix Suns. You can talk the talk, but you better walk the walk and be very careful about who you talk the talk against. Luca isn't exactly like Bird, but he's the closest thing we've seen to Larry Bird since Larry Bird. All right, uh, we'll do a little hockey as uh, we see if John Ramos can identify the truth in all the lies around the puck. That's next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Well, dire stage for you. Money ain't for nothing. Chicks for free. Why is it that every time I hear this, I like wince like it's hurting me to play the air guitar? Oh, oh, it's such a great solo to start that show. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Rick Buecher in a second. We got the Bridgestone microwave ovens. Custom kitchen delivery. Let's play a little hockey, eh? This part of the show, eh? I do a terrible French and Canadian accent. There, yeah, yeah. They stand aside by each. Okay, we must update the world on the hockey. We got to talk hockey. I don't gotta know why. Do we just we got to do that. Do it. Oh, no, like Game Seven overtime hockey. All right, definitely better than Game Seven NBA. I got to tell you, that wasn't really competitive. So, 
we present John Ramos with three stories of the hockey. Two are lies. One is the cup. Is the cup, which is the truth. Johnny, you ready? Yes, Doug. Here we go. All right, this one's true. I mean, I just made sure I said, Jay Stu, give me a story that's true, and he gave me this one. The Carolina Hurricanes. Game seven in front of their home fans in Greensboro, North Carolina, as they beat the Bruins. Three to two. Actually, this is the uh, the right one. John, the Carolina Hurricanes won game seven in front of their home fans in Charlotte as they beat the Bruins three to two. Uh, John, this is the one you want to go with. The Carolina Hurricanes won game seven in front of their home fans in Raleigh, North Carolina, as they beat the Bruins three to two. Which one's oh, the man. one that happened to the oh, Stanley Cup boy. playoffs? I tell you what, I do know the Hurricanes won. I do know that. The game seven, they're moving oh, on. This the is what qu- happens when you get a winning streak. Yes. John's been doing well in this game. Yes, and now I have to figure out what the actual city is that they play it. So it was Raleigh. Yes. It was Queens. And what was the other one? Uh, Raleigh, yeah, was, Raleigh is Charlotte, which is the Queen City. Okay, the Queen uh, City, right? Okay. Raleigh. Or Greensboro. Greensboro. North Carolina. All in North, all our three, three are cities in North Carolina. Right. It is the Carolina Hurricane. Used to be the Hartford Whalers. Right. Bring back the whale! <laughs> Bring was, back the whale! I'm sorry. It was Raleigh. Charlotte. Charlotte. Greensboro. Greensboro. Okay. Oof. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Greensboro. Who had Greensboro? Doug. Doug. I'll say Doug. Doug is the is the puck the all, cup. All right, Doug <laughs> is the puck and cup. All right, <laughs> Jason Stewart. Your line was no. yeah, it, not in Charlotte. Okay. You thought maybe the Hornets right they would play in the same arena as the Hornets. That nope. is not the case. Nope. As for uh, as for Doug's line of Carolina winning in their uh, game seven at home in front of the fans in Greensboro. No. no. No, it was in Raleigh. It. Yes, Raleigh. Raleigh, North Carolina is where the Carolina Hurricanes play. Oh. Raleigh also great airport. Great yes. airport. <laughs> great airport. And Raleigh, they, they share that arena with NC State. That's how you should know. That's in the triangle. Triangle. Okay. Three college towns in the triangle. Raleigh's the big city. Durham, where Duke is. And Chapel Hill, where Carolina is. Raleigh, North Carolina, home of the Hurricanes. Uh, let, let's start with let's start with Luca. Okay, I said, look, I know that people are like, well, Bird was a big guy and played inside. I understand basketball has evolved and changed, but if I said, yep. hey, we had a white dude who wasn't crazy athletic, okay, but yep. big, great shooter, knew how to get his shot off, great passer. Yep. Better rebounder, like he's the clo- trash talker, and if you talk to him, it makes it worse. And love the big moment, love the big stage. Closest yeah. thing we've had to Bird since Bird. Is that fair? Yeah, I can't argue with that. I mean, it's certainly better than the LeBron James comparison. I, I don't know. Let's put it this way: I don't know that there's a better comparison. And the game has changed, as you said, dramatically. But in terms of being able to utilize. Both of them utilizing their size and strength and basketball IQ to compensate for like pure athleticism and, and by that whether it's hops or speed and uh, yeah I mean that's it's it's yeah it, they're they're very 
they're very similar. I would say that what the interesting thing has been to watch Luca kind of acclimating to the NBA uh, AAU sort of vibe or atmosphere and how guys conduct themselves because I think he came in with a lot more my, my hesitation is because Bird came in from day one like he owned the place and I think Luca always knew he was good and was never afraid but kind of had to figure out okay I'm I am you know I'm a I'm a foreigner I'm an inter- international player and I need to figure out the culture and how all of this works. And I think now we're getting to see the Luka Doncic that people who watched him over in Europe saw from the very beginning. And that he's not taking any guff from anybody. He's not afraid of anybody. And he's more than willing to put it in your face. Yeah. Um, I mean, how how amazing is that the juxtaposition of uh, the the team they they beat, the Suns, they yep. had the number one pick, had his national team coach as their head coach. Yeah. And instead, they listened to the owner, and they took DeAndre yep. Ayton, who didn't even play in the fourth quarter and probably doesn't play for the Suns ever again. Like, the, the that decision alone, like coming to, to a game seven, that, that, that was an, that's an amazing thing last night. Yeah, uh, w- without question. And, but it goes to... The everything starts from the top. And at some point, every decision that a franchise makes, if it is not the right decision, if it is not the best decision, at some point it is going to come back and haunt them and it's going to cost them. It may take a while, but ultimately it's going to show up. And I would say the same thing for the Atlanta Hawks and the Trey Young trade. Like, it's you can tell me that you picked up a couple extra picks and you did all that, whatever. Trey Young and Luka Doncic were not, are not, and will not ever be in the same stratosphere when it comes to their ability to lead a team. Uh, Trey Young is good. Not going to be Steph, and certainly not going to be Luka. And at some point, so, and I believe the reckoning has already begun. Uh, so. Uh, and I mean, we can <laughs> then we don't have to go to the Sacramento Kings in that decision. Sure. Like basically, I mean, anybody who understood what Luca accomplished, though, even if you hadn't seen him play, if you understood what he had accomplished over in Europe, it, there it, that was a no-brainer. He was going to be the best player in that draft. Period. And the fact that anybody looked past that and rationalized why they would go in some other direction was not taking into account exactly what it meant that Luka Doncic did everything that he did in Europe as a teenager before he got here. What um, um, what happened with Aiton and, and Monty Williams? Uh, as best as I can tell, and I haven't gotten I've been to drill, drill all the way down, but you know, Aiton was questioning why he wasn't seeing the ball. Like, what, what are we doing? Like, and Monty took great exception to that. As, as I understood a coach would, you don't, if, 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 you are, if you approach things the way Monty Williams does and you have the culture and built the team the way you have, 
you can't in that moment accept a player saying that or going that way. DeAndre may have felt that way. It may have been right, may have been accurate. That's not where you go when, when everything is falling apart. And, you know, the flip side is you basically saw Bobby Portis act out that way. Bobby Portis was acted in a very similar way, except he actually did a couple of things that reflected, one, I'm mad about my foul trouble. I'm not going to play the same because of my foul trouble. And then I'm going to try to make up for lost time because of my foul trouble. Yeah, I got thirsty. All of which kicked the buck sideways. Yep. No, but I, but I, I do think, and again, I don't know what was said or how it was said, but yeah. there is a certain like, look, if we're getting lit up and we got 27 points, DeAndre, yep. the issues with DeAndre Ayton are at the defensive end, not the offensive end. Get him the ball. So I do, yeah. I do yeah. understand. So okay, I, no, I'm not saying that I don't. He's I not don't wrong. I, no, no, I, I, I get it. It's not wrong. It's it's not what you do. It's how you do it. And yeah. and 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 of all the guys, if you piss off Monty Williams, then no one's going to take your side. That's just sorry. Well, yeah. No, no one, yeah. no, no one's taking your side. Okay, so. And, uh, I, and Monty's not going to take a whole lot. Like, like Bud, Bud, obviously, Bud. You know, if we're going to compare the two coaches, like Mike, but Mike Budenholzer, you might get away with a little bit of that. He'll pretend he didn't hear it. Monty Williams is not going to pretend he didn't hear it. It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. There is something too, though, that I, I just, I don't think you can win with a traditional center as one of your top players. I don't think, and I'm also not sure you can win with a traditional. Um, you know, kind of undersized point guard as one of your top players. Like, yeah. it's really, really hard to do so. And they had both, and it got exposed. Yeah. It's hard, but I wouldn't say it's impossible. And, 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 it's, and some of it has to do with, I guess, not so much that Chris Paul is undersized. It's, Chris, it's, it's that Chris Paul is undersized and 37, and 37 years old. Yes. That's, that's the bigger issue. Because you could make a case that Steph Curry is undersized for a point guard. Yes. So I'm not. I don't necessarily go there. This was a terrible. This was a really bad matchup for them, and um, and I believe that DeAndre Ayton can operate because of his athleticism and because of his ability to operate from the mid range. Like he doesn't, and he can rim run. I, I I don't. I believe you can win a championship with DeAndre Ayton as your center, and especially the way they've used him because they don't, for the most part, they don't run things through him. If you want to make this case about Joel Embiid. I now I'm like now I'm listening because well and Embiid you're Jokic, generally going to play Jokic. at a slower pace. Hold on, but Embiid, Jokic, um, uh, Rudy Gobert, and DeAndre Ayton, like again, they're dissimilar, but they're all similar in that. Like, where do you put them on defense when they got when they got a center who's standing out in the corner shooting threes? Like you can't. And and they've tried to play zones, and you know teams are finally getting good about attacking zones and figuring that they're trying everything they can. It's really hard to play those guys when it matters, when everybody's got that small ball five. And then it's hard to score inside because as much as the officiating is tied in the perimeter, they call nothing in the low post. But all true. But all of the, but, but of all those guys that you listed, to me, when I look at DeAndre Ayton physically and athletically, he's and, and at his age, I look at him and think I can make him a guy who, like I got to get, get him over stepping out. But I believe, like he could get out and get back. I, I, I just look at him athletically and how he moves, and I'm thinking, there's no reason that he can't 
uh, you know, Brooke Lopez is going to be Brooke Lopez. Um, Embiid, I just don't want him. Uh, that's more of a challenge. Rudy Gobert, no chance. But DeAndre Ayton, I feel, is like he's as close to Capella as any of the four that you mentioned. And I believe it's more like understanding. I need you to go out there and the first, the first couple times, I need you to go out there and move your feet and use your length and let them know on those first couple possessions that's going to be a contested shot. You don't have to do it all game. Because as you know, once you demonstrate something, it's like teams don't continue to run. They're like, okay, you know what? We probably need to go to something else. You just not have to have the mindset that you're capable of doing it a couple times and come into the game thinking that way. And of all the guys, again, I'm just going to say it, DeAndre Ayton, I feel, athletically has the capability of playing as a smaller five. Uh, how do you explain the Celtics? <laughs> um, that's a combination of things. I mean, they they have as much versatility as any team that's in the playoffs. They played against a uh, against the Milwaukee team, and I should have seen this. I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't see this in assessing that series going into it. Think about the Bucks. Uh, wing players. Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, George Hill. Um, yeah, it's not a great... It, it, it's, it, it, and, and, West Math, and West Matthews. Yeah. That might be one of the least athletic wing uh, combinations in the entire league, much less teams that are in the playoffs. And so there was an opportunity to exploit that right from the start. And then they're all buying into Ime, and they have their Draymond Green and Marcus Smart, uh, and they just got a multitude of ways to, to, to be able to score, and they've all bought in defensively. And so I think, it's, it's, I think it's just right place, right time, the pieces coming together, and at a time where you're looking at a really unsettled Eastern Conference. I, I think it's a great point. I also, and I don't know how much credit Brad's going to get. I mean, I don't think Brad, I think it got to the point where they stopped listening to Brad, right? There's some a couple of yeah. different reasons why. Um, yep. I don't think the Gordon Hayward was good for the locker room chemistry. Um, yep. I, there was some other stuff, obviously, you know, the Kyrie stuff through the Mariah as well. But Brad built, like, those were Brad's decisions. Grant Williams was a Brad decision. You know, some of these guys are Brad decisions. And then you got just the right guy. Ime's just the right guy to get Tatum to play a little bit more defense and to pass a little bit yep. more, right? I mean, that's yep. those guys all got threes because they're helping on Tatum. They all got threes because yep. they're helping on Brown. And the spacing, but it's the the right coach and the right decisions. They weren't off with, with Brad. He just couldn't be the in, in-game head coach anymore. And I thought it, it ends up being a genius move. Well, and this is the other part, and I and I don't, I don't know this for a fact, but based on just observation, I feel as if Ime empowered Marcus Smart yep. in a way that Brad Stevens never did, and you needed that. In the same way you needed, the same way Steve Kerr for all of the like the ups and downs that Draymond Green may present, you have to empower him. You have to say, 
I believe in you and I'm going to ride with your mistakes because I know what you give me on the other side of it is worth it. You're going to elevate everybody because you're going to demand yep. something from everybody. Great and that's point. why, you know, there's a lot of people out there that I respect who like question Marcus Smart being named defensive player of the year. Um, and I voted, he was at the top of my ballot and I, and I get where they're coming from. What I think that they miss on, because, you know, look, Marcus Smart, in terms of a pure lockdown defensive guy, that's not why I put him at the top of my ballot. It was because of what he did in infusing defense being a, uh, a trademark of these Boston Celtics and how he led them all in buying into that, along with Ime, obviously. That's why he was my defensive player good. of the year. That's good. It's good. I, I, it's a great point you make, and people who know the Celtics and remember when he called them all out and how yep. it was received at the time, and it probably yep. changed and, and saved them, and they wouldn't be here without it. Buke, great stuff. We could do this all day. Maybe we should. Maybe we should do a pod and talk even more about it. Appreciate your time. You got it, Doug. All right, that's Rick Buker, Fox Sports One. Uh, with prices soaring, the pump discover as you're back with cashback. Use Discover to earn five percent cashback at gas stations and at Target. Now through June, on up to $1,500 in purchases when you activate. Learn more at discover.com slash rewards. Limitations apply. We got more information on what could be the game of the year in college football. It's next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's get to the press. The press. Stand by, what do you got? Doug, we've got some news. Buyer. College football is going to be a dandy. Ohio State and Notre Dame playing in Columbus on the opening weekend of the season. The next week, Alabama at Texas. We knew that. Now we know this, Doug. You'll see it on Fox. Big noon kickoff will be there. Noon Eastern time kick Saturday, September 10th for Alabama and Texas in Austin. Wow, so be a midday game? Yes. That'll be hot in Austin on September 10th. It will be. That'll be hot. It'll be nice. And we'll see if Texas is back or not quite back. Probably more of the latter. How about they got uh, Bijan uh, Robinson, right? Driving a Lambo? <laughs> He's driving a Lamborghini name image and likeness. But you better be able to play if you're going to drive a Lamborghini. He's really good. You better be able to play if you can drive it's a Lamborghini. Name, image, and Lamborghini. That's what they should call uh, it. Dan Byer. Dan Byer. All right, what else you got? We touched on this a little bit in game time, but Jerry Jones, Dallas Cowboys owner, speaking with Peter King, well, saying that he thinks he could get $10 billion if he put the Cowboys up for sale, but says that he will never, ever sell the franchise. Okay, but that's like having a Honus Wagner card and tell me how much it's worth, but you're not willing to sell it, right? Like... I, I have a I have a team worth ten billion dollars, but I'm not gonna sell it. Uh, but I do actually think he's right. Right? It's a literally, it, it's a one of one. Cowboys are a one of one. They ain't even been any good, and they're still the world's biggest draw. How about them Cowboys, by the way? How about them Cowboys. <laughs> uh, the mother of Rajon Rondo's two children says the Cavaliers' point guards threatened to kill her and is verbally abusive towards their two children. Ashley Batchelor filed a protective order against Rondo in Louisville following an alleged incident last week. She claims Rondo destroyed property while also brandishing a gun. Uh, just not a good story and not a good look for Rondo as he's trying to hang on to his NBA career, get into a coaching career in the NBA. But again, let's... Let's be reasonable and responsible and say there's two sides to every story. That, that, that is a, 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 a tough side, an awful side, really, if true. 
ahead of tomorrow's game one between the Heat and Celtics. Marcus Smart, questionable for the game because of a foot injury. Robert Williams will have no limitations, no minute restrictions. He'll be available for Boston. The human pogo stick is back, and we'll see if uh, – I mean, look, that that's one where the, the difference in the build is the guys outside of Jimmy Butler that can score from the Heat aren't great defensive players, the Tyler Hero of the world, whereas um, Jalen Brown's become better defensively. And so has so has Jason Tatum. All right, we all time one more. Yeah, one more. The Kansas City Royals have fired hitting coach Terry Bradshaw. Howie and Jimmy staying on with the Royals. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Nor how do you fire a guy this soon into the season? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the maybe the uh, Pirates should fire their hitting coach since they didn't get one. I proposed yesterday that even though the Pirates won. And they didn't get a hit. They shouldn't be allowed to shake hands on the field. They should have had to have gone right into the dugout and end the game. There's no reward for no hits. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. But they won the game. They won the game with no hits because of the Reds and because that's baseball. That's baseball. Luca isn't Bird, but he's the closest thing we've seen to Bird. Can't win with a big guy as one of your one of your your primary pieces. And be careful who you talk trash to.